Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I talk with movement enthusiasts to find out who they are, what they do, and why they do it. My guest today is Seth Ruggi. Welcome, Seth. How are you? Hey, Craig. Thanks for the invite. I'm doing well and excited to be on. My pleasure. Um, I, I always have a million ideas of where we can start. Um, let's start with... Uh, years ago, like literally years ago, you may have forgotten. We did a Movers Mindset did a thing where we sent out like a little blunt instrument, you know, about like some basic questions and people answered different things. And one of the questions was, I actually have the the document. One of the questions was, how do you develop the mentors, the mental side of your practice? And, and now it strikes me as like, I wish I had your answer from years ago, because now there's like the whole new Seth, right? Like, you know, years go by and you're different. Each of us is different every year, but I'm, I'm wondering when I say, mental side of your practice, what are the types of attributes that come to mind and, and maybe how do you think about developing those things? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm curious to, to what my uh, answer was at that time. I, I can re- want me to read it to you? Your, your answer was, your answer was just going to skip this one because it's too hard to write out. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I, I think I remember. Well, Quality. it struck me that you had more to say than you felt like banging out on a keyboard is why I wanted to come <laughs> back to it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think at least, at least in this moment, two things kind of jump out uh, in mind. One is the discipline side of like having the mindset and mentality to be able to structure and be disciplined in my training so that I can be incremental and continue to progress um, it at a, a more standard, steady rate and having a planned out, here's what I'm trying to get good at at the, at the current moment or recognizing what my strengths and weaknesses are and uh, kind of that side of just being able to identify and uh, follow through on knowing that if I have a plan that will help me to get better, it will, as long as I execute that plan, I can continue to make progress. Hmm. Um, And then the other side of it is the more parkour specific side of challenging yourself to scenarios that you feel are uncomfortable with your current skill set. Or often that looks like doing a jump or a move either at height or that there's increased risk because you recognize that you don't have the level of confidence in your ability or consistency or control to be able to execute that a hundred percent of the time or know how to fail safely and appropriately. Hmm. So I like, I like, I notice. I will re I will point out in case somebody else missed it, that you said, don't feel comfortable with your current skill set, which is a spectacular way to, to phrase that, to like force yourself to look at it and go, yeah, it's okay that I'm not comfortable with that. And like, what can I do to make it so that I might be comfortable with that? Um, you had a fairly recent uh, Instagram video, reel, whatever they're calling them these days, of like a parking deck. It was a, a not, I mean, it was a relatively simple, <laughs> you know, I think it was like a double Kong, but it had a three story drop and it was a bit of a long thing. And you had apparently been coaching and it was there were a whole bunch of things. So when you said that, you also mentioned about, the specifics of today. So this is something that I need to be understand. I'm not comfortable because of my skill set, and I may not be comfortable because of my specific situation. 
uh, all of which strikes me as, boy, I wish you'd type that out. <laughs> Years ago, I'm wondering, like, has that always been, has Seth always, like, if I, you know, go back in time and ask your your mom or your dad or your best friends, has Seth always been the guy who had a that circumspection way of looking at, you know, self-development or is that a fairly new thing for you or? I don't know if I've always had that, but definitely kind of since probably mid, late high school, I kind of developed that, that mentality. Um, and a uh, little bit of background, my before getting into parkour, I did distance running primarily cross country and track also did like some swimming and things, but really my, what, what I've in hindsight recognized was that the thing that I enjoyed most about those activities wasn't necessarily the physical side or the runner's high, but the aspect of being able to set a challenge and see a clear achievable goal towards that. So, um, In high school, it was just like specific increasing my time. But then I was looking to, I'd set out like kind of a three to five year running plan of like wanted to complete a a marathon, an ultra marathon, a triathlon, like at these set timeframes, which ironically enough, ended up not doing any of those because I stopped doing cross country and started doing parkour instead. But Mm -hmm. uh, actually just completed my first marathon this year and did my first triathlon last year. So still congratulations. (laughs) <laughs> not um, dead yet right <laughs> yeah. no but a, a big part of it really is just with that mindset of recognizing that just because you can't do something now doesn't mean that you uh won't be able to do it down the line and hmm. uh it's it's so important in mental practice and any time you have anything that has that potential for risk is recognizing what is the value that it can provide to me in the moment if I were to do this, because there's that chance, if, if you don't feel totally confident with it, then you should probably just say not today and, and look at it as this is something I can come back to when I feel more comfortable, confident, and, and know that I can do it safely. Uh, or even just knowing that I can, that my, I can trust my gut a lot more. So Finding, I, th- I think a big part of what parkour is, is about that ability to self-identify risk and recognize what it is that you're currently capable of. Um, and not just capable in terms of, sure, I'm physically capable of jumping this far, but am I physically capable of jumping that far with a 99% accuracy that I know that I can do it every single time? Or that I know that if I don't do it correctly, I know that I can assess all of the potential uh, fail scenarios so that I can minimize or even just balance out which of these are actually things that I rationally need to be afraid of versus are just irrational fears. Um, Hello, Craig here. We'll get back to the conversation in a few moments. And as much as I hate to interrupt, I need your help. If you're enjoying this conversation, please consider directly supporting this podcast. If you want to support what I'm doing in these conversations, take a moment to scroll down the show notes for more information. I also have a free email that shares bite-sized pieces of Mover's Mindset for you to read so you can explore the entire thing without having to commit large chunks of time to listening. The daily email has quotes from guests, answers to the three words question, short episode summaries, and more. It's a great way to discover or rediscover the Movers Mindset conversations. I'll be back at the end to explain more. Thanks for listening. 
is going to sound like it's a completely non sequitur, but um, are you more drawn today to working in that, I'm going to say working in that mental space? Like clearly that you're, you're drawn to that, but are you, are you more drawn to doing that for yourself or for sharing or maybe trying to like light that passion in other people? Like, you know, the one thing like do versus teach, which of those in the mental, mental growth context, which of those calls to you more do or teach? You know, that's a, it's a great question. I don't know if I am particularly drawn towards either because I think that they are hand in hand in a sense. Like um, I, I enjoy the personal challenge um, that that is a become a large part of my identity and how I grow and what I look to do. Um, but a big part of why I do that and the purpose behind it is really to inspire others um, and help help others to be able to kind of break those misconceptions about what they are and are not capable of. Um, I've been fortunate that I've always had that mindset that I can think like nothing is is impossible if you put in the focus to uh, prepare yourself for it. So uh, I can't remember who the quote's by, but um, I'm going to take a second to make sure I word this correctly. But uh Luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Um, and I think that's a huge one that I, that I try and keep in mind because it's not just that people are getting lucky be- most of the time because they have some ridiculous opportunity. It's very rare that somebody walks up and it's like, hey, do you want a million dollars? Yeah, the lottery <laughs> style luck, right? Right. Uh, it exists, but more often it's somebody has put themselves in situations to be able to have those opportunities for success. Um, And that's usually through preparation by meeting the right people, by going to the right events, by doing their own discipline to become the best that they can be. And that's where opportunity really meets uh, what you've prepared. Yeah. The the act as if wisdom of, within sanity and safety, acting as if you are the thing that you want to be. And then lo and behold, people via their first impression will assume that that's what you are. And that opens up the door. Um, Yeah. Uh, I always hesitate. People who know me well know it's because I'm thinking of 90 things and I'm trying to pick one. Um, Is anything flaming top of mind for you? Do you want to talk about the studio? You want to talk about um, acro yoga? You want to talk about uh, swings. You want to talk about jumps. You want to talk about knee rehab. What do you? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I know. I know something that just comes to mind is as you mentioned rehab is. Uh, so I've been going through a number of different injuries over the past several years. I've had ankle issues, shoulder issues, knees, and just recognizing how much my practice has changed as I've grown older, gotten more discipline. Uh, more injuries and just starting to kind of transition away from being as focused on being a professional air quotes <laughs> athlete or whatever, whatever you mean by that. Um, but just trying to shift my focus into more about I've, I've been in the Parker community for almost 12 years at this point. 
Um, and since I've gotten to to be pretty heavily involved, go to, go to a variety of events, compete in international competitions, as well as get to see the behind the scenes of a lot of different organizations. And now I'm really excited. I think my next phase is continuing to kind of grow my own studio, Swift Movement Studio. Um, but then through that, being able to provide opportunities for the upcoming generations, um, being able to host competitions, being able to have uh, a number of coaches who can have a sustainable career that they can live off of just coaching parkour and being involved in it. Hmm. Um, and being able to use the the experience that I've gained as a way to kind of kind of grow the community and and build opportunities so that it's an easier path for people going forward. So you make a bunch of <laughs> I, I've been saying this a lot recently. I I hate the fact that I have to talk after people talk because I'm like I don't want to say anything because it sounds like I'm summarizing. Um, uh, so, uh, step one, uh, give me the domain name for the studio. Yeah, it's swift-movement.com. Thank you. Um, people should go there. Check it out. Uh, don't make me guess. I think I know what city it's in, but tell me. Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. I always would rather ask rather than guess, and then people hear the wrong thing, and then I planted the wrong oh, guy. You know, don't think about a pink elephant. Oh, pink elephant. Yep. Uh, so that's one thing that I wanted to touch on is that. The other thing is um, – we seem to be on a thread here about like circumspection and um, my first thought when you mentioned that you've been doing this for a while and that you're starting to, in my opinion, have a bigger perspective on what you're trying to do. Uh, my first thought was uh, if you could write a letter to yourself 10 years from now, so that we're going to time capsule it for a decade, <clears throat> um, but your future self's only going to read it once. Like you can't like study it. It's like, I'm going to dig it out. I'm going to hold it up and you got to go. Then I'm going to take it away. So it's got to be pretty, you know, so what would you tell yourself 10 years from now that you think you might actually, that might be helpful? Oh man. I don't even, I don't know. Not a lot comes to mind to be honest, but I think, um, a, a big part of it is, is just to not be too hard on myself. Um, I tend to, uh, set pretty grand ideas and goals and sometimes unrealistic expectations about the things that I can accomplish. Uh, and trying to be more grounded in making sure that I'm enjoying the process just as much as I enjoy accomplishing the goals. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think like one, one big aspect that we haven't touched on yet is uh, in addition to running the studio and training myself, I also am a full-time software engineer. Um, so then that kind of keeps me busy all the time. And it's it's constantly a battle of like, I can't tell you how many days I'll, I'll work my nine to five and then go to the gym, be there from five to 11. And it's <laughs> working 12, 14 Ouch. hour days. Um, yeah. So that recognizing that I, that I know that I won't be able to keep that up forever. Um, and that I have to, uh, be realistic in my, in my own expectations and assumptions of what I believe I can accomplish. Hmm. Um, you don't have to go into the depths of what you do for your job if you don't want to. Um, but what I'm, my thought was I was having a conversation with somebody recently about programming and I was saying, yeah, if you want to be good at programming, you have to be really 
the type of person who enjoys frustration, you have to just be like, this, this isn't working and I can't figure it out. And it's going to take three days while I, you know, read books or find friends or, you know, search. Um, and the person that I was talking to, we were, we were both in the parkour context and we both realized, you know, that's kind of like the same thing with parkour. You have to really be the type of person who enjoys being frustrated, not mortally wounded, but just be like, oh, I'm this, I can't get my hips high enough or whatever. Um, and so I guess my question is, is uh, first of all, do you agree with that? Like, do you find that what you're doing for work can be frustrating, but that you somehow seem to thrive in that frustration? And then do you agree with my train of thought that that kind of feels like the same thing that draws a lot of us? I'll tell you, it's what what draws me is the enjoyment of the challenge and the frustration that we find in parkour for ourselves. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, I think you kind of nailed it. I don't have too much to add, but I, I do think there's a lot of overlap in the mindset of embracing challenge. Um, I know there's a couple of different parkour organizations who use that uh, pretty heavily. And I, I definitely try to use that as a healthier reminder those because sometimes it does get too frustrating. And mm. I think a big thing that I like to use both in coaching in my own progression and thinking in, in a software context, uh, I was reading, uh, I believe the book was called the now habit. Um, and it was on procrastination. Um, and a big thing that I picked up from that was that most of the time that one of the facets of why people procrastinate is because they have a challenge that it's at a level that's too high for where they currently are and they don't have the tools to be able to um, do it. So really with parkour, with programming and really any kind of larger goals is just being able to break it down into a smaller chunk and, and being able to just kind of find what is your current achievable task or or even just having a hypothesis and being able to go through and test that hypothesis. Um, mm. So being able to work through things one step at a time um, and recognizing that if you can just continue to make a little bit of progress, that'll help you get to where you want to go. Mm. That's a great point about, about appropriate goals or sane goals or reachable goals. Um, uh, I have a friend who said that it takes some something to the effect of it takes a very special person to be able to set a goal that you can't achieve. And at first I bridled and went, no, that's easy. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to swim to the moon there. That's a goal that I can't achieve. But then I realized I'm like, Oh, maybe they meant like, if you, what does it mean to actually set a goal? So I want to swim to the moon. That isn't even a real, that's not even a goal. Like that's not even a thing. And frankly, Craig run a marathon tomorrow isn't a thing, but run a marathon, you know, spring of next year. Like, oh, I got lots of examples of people who've done that and I know where to start. And we've talked uh, two different places here in this little mini conversation about setting goals. And I think you have a very um, healthy way of looking at goal setting of like, yeah, I set a goal, but I can also unset them. I can also move them. And I'm, I'm not a person who sets no goals and therefore, okay, you know, that person would need a different sort of medicine kind of thing. Um, cool. But there I go talking and summarizing, which yeah. I don't like to do. No, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I, I am a very goal driven person and I try to apply that both in my training, my, my lifestyle, my family, and, and really I find it super valuable in all aspects of whether I'm trying to focus on self-improvement. Uh, I've, I've found that there's really not 
I, I get accomplishment through achieving those goals. So by going through and just setting achievable goals and, and working through things step by step, I find that to be my way of uh, just being able to develop who I am and continue to push forward. Nice. One of my other favorite quotes is, um, let me see if I can remember. I think this one was actually by Benjamin Franklin. Don't quote me that that's who it was by, but or no, it wasn't. I can't remember. Uh, but it's basically just you're happiest when you're growing. Um, that's a good pithy quote. I think you and I should sit around one day and just like do quote, just do quote tic tacs. You quote something, I quote just see how far we go. But before we do that, um, I'm watching our time slip away. Oh, let's just say, and of course, the final question: three words to describe your practice. Yeah, um, I think one which has been pretty apparent here is just the self improvement focus. Is it's not about a specific um, what it is I'm trying to accomplish. It's just about that process of finding my limits uh, and and working toward that. Um, second is probably discipline. Um, it's super important to me to be structured and consistent um, and have have a plan for what I'm working on. Um, and third is uh, probably just adventure. Um, through, through parkour, I've been able to open up my perspective on life a ton, and it's created so many different opportunities that I, I am immensely grateful for and has totally changed uh, how I view the world, so... Yeah, that's that's my three. Terrific. Um, yeah, thanks, Seth. Um, we've you've been following. I think you've been like a fan of the podcast for a long time. I'm like, why have I not? I, I have a long list of people. I'm like, I gotta reach out to Seth. So thanks for jumping in and taking a chance. Uh, I know it can be a little bit like, what is this going to be? So thanks so much for sharing, and I hope you enjoyed it half as much as I did. Thanks. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on, Craig. I appreciate it. Hello, Craig here again. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I promised to tell you about how to support Movers Mindset. I also want to explain the daily email that enables you to explore the conversations without having to commit large chunks of time to listening. As I mentioned, I need your help funding Movers Mindset. To become a supporter, scroll down this episode's show notes and follow the link right inside your podcast player. It only takes a few seconds to sign up. There's no special app. There's nothing to download. You can also point your web browser to moversmindset.com slash support. So why am I asking for your support? Well, the purpose of the Movers Mindset podcast is to create and share great conversations with movement enthusiasts. Each conversation feeds my insatiable curiosity, and I share them hoping they turn on a light for you, inspire you, or perhaps give you your next question. I want to share thousands of these amazing conversations with amazing people, but I'm limited by the cost of the project. If you can, please support what I'm doing. Every dollar really makes a difference. If you become a supporter, you'll get instant access to each new episode, ad-free listening, and access to the full show notes with quotes and episode details which aren't available anywhere else. Plus, you get direct access to me, if you have a question about the show or want to suggest a guest, please let me know. And of course, you'll have my sincere gratitude for making it possible for me to continue doing what I love. If you're ready to help, 
Click the link in the show notes or point your web browser to moversmindset.com support. Finally, I also have a free email that shares single-serving-sized pieces of Movers Mindset. You can explore the whole project without having to commit large chunks of time to listening. Each email contains one thing, a quote from a guest, an answer to the three words question, an episode summary. It's a great way to discover or rediscover the Movers Mindset conversations. And of course, if you want to rate the podcast in your favorite player or share it with your friends, those ratings and shares are priceless. Whether you support directly, subscribe to the email list, rate, share, or just give me a shout out, I really appreciate your time and attention, and I don't take it for granted. Thanks for listening.